0: Welcome to Season 5 of the Leadership Educator Podcast, your source for knowledge and expertise in facilitating leadership education, training, and development. Interested in keeping up with the latest conversations across the leadership discipline? Want to add more to your resource toolbox with practical strategies for teaching, learning, and program design without changing your routine? This is the podcast for you. If you haven't done so already, please hit subscribe so you'll never miss an episode. welcome to the Leadership Educator podcast. I'm Dan Jenkins, Chair and Associate Professor of Leadership and Organizational Studies at the University of Southern Maine.
1: And I'm Lauren Bullock, Assistant Professor of Instruction at Temple University, and we are both excited for today's episode of the podcast. This season, we're looking at leadership education from a global perspective. We've talked about leadership both in the US and outside, but this season we're going to feature educators from Europe, Africa, Australia, and Asia, And today we are joined by our Australian colleagues, Dr. Nathan Eva and Katrina Johnson. Welcome to the show, Nathan and and Katrina.
2: Thank you. I would just like to
1: take this moment to
2: acknowledge uh, all the traditional custodians of the lands where we're all gathering on today from different parts of the world um, and where people are listening from as well. We want to acknowledge our land, we want to acknowledge ancestors and the contribution they've made and elders and their leadership and how all of their sacrifices have brought us where we are today. So thank
0: you. you So much for the land acknowledgement, Katrina. So Nathan I'm going to start with you because I've known you the longest and certainly appreciate the opportunity to to engage with, with with Katrina and learn a little bit more about her today on our episode as well so Nathan so we met and you made sure that i was uh not misrepresenting anything right before we we started recording so 2017 i believe the association of leadership educators conference there there in charleston and then you had let us know that you were spending some more time in in the states across the pond here and i believe you both attended the uh, ILA's Leadership Education Academy, I think the Academy of Management while you were in in the States as well. I see you nod in your head over there. And then we were very, very lucky that we got an opportunity. And by we, I'm talking about the facilitator team for, for LEA, we got to welcome you as a facilitator. I was excited when we saw your application to be a facilitator come through in, I guess that would have been around 2018, because uh, you joined us for 2019 I'm in Denver there. And then uh, for the long haul of what was uh, the 2020 slash 2021 epic, uh, I don't know what else to call it, uh, epic journey through, uh, through COVID and through the Critical Conversation series we did last summer. And then- finally a very very successful 2021 virtual lea which uh, lauren was also a participant in so definitely just huge kudos to you for for being just a one of the most amazing facilitators we've had on that team and and the assessment work that you have done for us to give us a, just a much much better picture of of what we've been able to accomplish as a LEA facilitator team, it's just it's it's been so helpful. And someday Nathan, we got to write that up. We're, we're, we're researchers <laughs> over here. We're not getting any younger, you know. We gotta we gotta move towards that 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 next next level in our in our hierarchies here, uh, which I know that it's slightly different between uh, when we're moving up the. The, the tenure ladder um, in the US and Australia, uh, respectively. But I, we've always had a lot of fun together. We got a chance to room together um, at, at LEA in Denver, and uh, always enjoy learning a little bit more about Australian football, even though I still don't understand it in any case. So Nathan, again, welcome. And uh, for those of us that don't know you exactly like I do, uh, can you just share a little bit about yourself and how you got into leadership education?
3: Thank you so much for that, <laughs> uh, that epic intro, Dan. Uh, hi. I'm Nathan. Uh I my entry into leadership education was it's similar and different to a lot of a lot of people uh I accidentally fell into it I think a lot of times when we're at university and when we're in student clubs and when we become presidents of student clubs we end up doing a lot of leadership development stuff um just just naturally to whether it's training a committee or going and speaking at other particular um particular events and so you get in you know you start doing your basic sort of stuff you know you you get used to doing um your Myers-Briggs's, your, uh, you know, what sort of leadership are you and that sort of thing. And um, I ended up uh, going on and doing my PhD. Uh, I was meant to go work for uh, the Ford Motor Company, which is weird because anyone who knows me knows that I'm just not a cars person, but got offered a grad job there and the global financial crisis hit. Uh, So when that hit, I got offered a PhD scholarship, said, I'll go do this, did the PhD, loved it, lots of fun. And then thought, no, nah, this this isn't for me. I'm gonna go out and be a consultant and got out there um, as a consultant for Accenture for a couple of years, loved it. But I kept badgering them saying, hey, listen, I wanna be doing more leadership stuff. I wanna be doing more leadership stuff. And like, well, you've been here two minutes. Um, Australia doesn't have a leadership um, branch. So, you know, we're not gonna hand you a million dollar um, branch to yourself. Uh, if you wanna go do that, you're probably gonna need to do it somewhere else. Um, so at that time, Monash had a job open, which is fantastic. So I came in as um, an assistant professor there. And uh, yeah, they have just been given some incredible opportunities. Um, I've been able to go teach in Italy, been able to spend a lot of time in Asia um, and the US um, in different leadership uh, forums. One of the things that Dan said uh, there, when he said that I, I came over to the US and I spent a long period of time here, and I'd highly recommend anyone, um, that if you are unsure that leadership education is such a big community, that if you're unsure about how to navigate it and it's really tough is email different people. Um, The way Dan and I met was I cold emailed him saying, I'm heading over to the US, I'm going to do the Association of Leadership Educators. Um, I've got Academy Management. They're a month apart. What do I do in between? Because I've got to do something. I can't just, you know, hang out um, in the states the entire time. Um, my chair's not going to let me. And so, I recommended the Leadership Education Academy, and also recommended the National Leadership Forum. Um, I think.
1: Yep, Lauren's National Leadership not, Symposium.
0: Yeah, the National yeah, Leadership Symposium. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank, oh,
1: thank you, National. Oh, that's Le- a good one. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um,
3: got to hang out with John Dugan, got to hang out with Sonia Respina, uh, at, um, Carrie Priest, absolutely amazing um, experience. So yeah. Um, and now I'm heading off to the US next year for six months, which is exciting. So I'll be over at the University of Illinois at Chicago.
1: Oh, wow. That sounds like a great tour of the United States at first round. And that sounds like a lot of leadership education. You, you either had to Kind of feel overwhelmed or feel like the guru getting on your plane back home following all that training? Uh,
3: it was a lot of just how am I going to fit everything into the courses that I'm doing and, you know, stuff that I really liked. just going, oh, I can't fit that in anymore because there's better stuff Um, that we can be doing, and that's a really tough thing as leadership educators, to actually make that choice and go, I've really, really enjoyed running this particular activity, whether it's sort of vision activity, whether it's a destructive leadership activity, ethical leadership activity, saying, well, there's actually so much important stuff that we need to do right now, and especially in the environment in which we're in, as um, as through Me Too, through Black Lives Matter, that we need to get a lot better at how we're engaging all people in leadership rather than traditional Um, white cisgendered leadership. And that means that a lot of stuff that we're doing actually has to be moved to one side.
1: Yeah. Oh, I love that. You're, you're, you're preaching to the proverbial choir for sure. Um, over here. Um, so now we've heard a lot about Nathan. Katrina, you are new for us and we love having you here. Um, and before we kind of jump into y'all, y'all's partnership, I would love to hear kind of a little bit more about yourself, like kind of how did you get into leadership and then how did you end up uh, working at the Monash Business School? Thank you. Uh,
2: Well, first of all, I just want to thank Nathan for uh, throwing me in the deep end, as he has done many times before. Uh, But I am really glad to be here um, and just go on this conversation journey with you. Uh, I guess my leadership journey began when I was very young. Um, I grew up in uh, an extraordinary family. And so as an Indigenous person of Australia, I'm a Gurang Gurang woman uh, from southeast Queensland. Um, I grew up under and taking on leadership roles within my family from a very young age. Um, And so that, um, again, I guess it came to uh, fruition a little bit um, later in life um, when I had my year 10 uh, career teacher tell me that um, a higher education or an education beyond year 10 probably wasn't for me and I was best to just drop out of school. And so from that point, I had to just dig deep and rely on what I had witnessed in my family and how I'd seen leadership and determination in my family stand on that and go, well, I'm sorry, that's, you don't get to tell me what I can and can't do. Um, And I guess that's where my leadership really launched from there. So from there, look, I graduated school, I went to university, uh, carved out a career um, in the newspaper uh, media industry. And then I found myself um, working in community uh, on the the lands of the Yorta Yorta people, which is in uh, Shepparton in Victoria. And it was there I sat under the leadership of of a man called Paul Briggs. And I learned a lot from him as an Indigenous leader. And um, he was the one who encouraged me to keep pushing myself in in leadership and stretching myself. I found myself doing an MBA um, in 2018 and 19. And then at, at the end of that, I was offered an opportunity to, to partner with Monash University and, and jump on board and uh become a co-designer and, and help develop this new master of indigenous business leadership. Um, but if you would have asked me when I was that 15, 16-year-old girl, um, when my teacher said, you know, drop out of school and be a hairdresser doing this right now was definitely not on my list, not nowhere near what I thought I would be doing. Um, And as Nathan's heard me say before, um, I have said many, many times, I do not want to be a teacher. Um, But it's exactly where I'm finding myself now in a teaching space alongside extraordinary people like Nathan uh, being able to reshape what Indigenous uh, business leadership looks like for, for Australia and Indigenous peoples in Australia.
0: Yeah, thank you, Don. Right. I think we have. There's so much to learn, and that what I believe, and 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 I'm sure I'm going to learn more about. It, and I guess anticipate that the program that y'all have worked together on is a probably a great model for programs and that other uh, countries that that also um, have indigenous uh, peoples um, have have not taken the opportunity to, to implement um, in their own right. And so, yeah. So, so Nathan, you made an effort to invite. Katrina, to join us on this episode because of that work that you both contributed to designing and delivering that First Nations Indigenous Master of Leadership unit. So this is again, this is really interesting and intriguing. We'd love to know a little bit more about that. Like, where did the idea come from? Like, what was the process of designing it? Like, who was involved? Like, and and finally, I guess, how did it go? Like, how did the delivery land?
3: <laughs> Thanks, Dan. I'll start then throw to Katrina in a second. Uh, the university. Um, uh, we hired a vice chancellor uh, indigenous in Jacinta Alston who is absolutely incredible incredible human being who got there and said "Um, I'm going to set up a masters of um, indigenous business leadership program and it's happening Uh, so bought a heap of different educators into the room from finance from arts from um, business management education and the like and said this is what we're going to do you're going to be involved. Here are some experts in the field, um, um, practical experts in the field who can help guide and shape you. Because uh, one of the things that's um, a massive, massive issue within Australia is the lack of Indigenous representation in higher education. It basically does not exist, um, and there's systemic issues, um, uh, systemic racism issues um, around why that is. I'll we'll get into that today. Um, but what? Uh, so we were there, and people have been called into like, oh, this unit, this unit, this unit. Myself and Herman C, who was um, co-teaching um, with Katrina and I um, uh, sat down with Katrina and uh, just listened for about 90 minutes and asked Katrina the question, well, what does this need to look like? Because I do not know. I have no idea what this needs to look like. And Katrina would just uh, just start talking in different, in different ideas. And so it's going back to um, back to basics around leadership education and going, OK, what are the situational factors? What are the elements that I don't know? Where are my blind spots? What are the things that need to be integrated into this particular unit? Um, and so Katrina, I'll get Katrina to touch on the second things like on country time, things like Indigenous only time, things about how we set up um, assessments, things that I would never have thought of because I'm not exposed to that. Um, And then going, okay, well, how do we take different elements in our leadership education? So things like charismatic leadership tactics or or vision, um, identity, uh, things, um, even things like when we do um, uh, storylines of people's lives to help build identity to be able to build those foundations of um, leader development. Katrina has been able to take that and say, okay, that makes sense for you, you're white, that makes sense. This is the language that um, makes it make sense for um, indigenous peoples. This is what it needs to be for a First Nations first. And the big thing Katrina kept um, telling us was it needs to be First Nations first. Whenever you're thinking of something, whenever you're putting an idea together, it has to be from a First Nations first, not trying to adapt it, it has to be First Nations first. And that was a big sort of push as we went through. Um, Katrina, do you wanna talk about a couple of the things that you embedded within the unit?
2: Absolutely. I, I guess one of the things from that, that from the get-go, that very first meeting that we had was that there was a precedent set that it would be Indigenous led. That while we have this amazing business school, a bunch of academics who've worked in leadership and business and, and they have all that knowledge, it was um, set out from the very start that and it's what filtered over into this particular leadership unit was that it would, to, would need to be Indigenous-led from the front. And so what we did with things like, for, for instance, when we created an opportunity um, for, the, for the group of students, even though we were uh, delivering it virtually online, but every day we created 30 minutes where they would go and spend uh, time on country, and on country is when, you know, you get out of your house, you try to put your feet, your bare feet on the ground, and you connect with country. Uh, land uh, to for Indigenous Australians or First Peoples in Australians uh, is extremely important. We're a part of it, it is a part of us. And we have learned. we've been taught by our elders and senior leaders that because we get so busy with the doing, We're not making time for, you know, for the country to, you know, to replenish us and to to remain connected and to draw strength from that, to use that time to reflect, reflect on, you know, what other leaders have done in the past, to be able to give yourself some space uh, to to draw strength uh, from memories and things that you need to lead. So we created that every single day, uh, not knowing whether it would work or not. Um, And by the end of the week, we had people saying, you know, what was your biggest takeaway? That being on country time for me, that 30 minutes a day where I had to pull myself out of my whole entire life and I made it purposeful to go and be on country, to think about my people, to think about leadership, think about land and all those things that are sacred to us that get lost when we're busy doing all of the, the leading so that was definitely one of the, the, the key things. Nathan, can you think of something else?
3: Uh, the half hour in the morning, just yourself, just Jacinta and, and the students where, say, myself, Herman and Jonathan weren't um, present?
2: Absolutely. Uh, that, that was a thing that we've implemented right across the course is that there's a half an hour set aside every morning, um, whether we're face to face or virtual. And that is where, because we're an all-Indigenous course, so it's the Indigenous teaching staff and the Indigenous students that come together. It's a sacred space. We come together, we will have, we'll conduct ceremony. Um, We will pay respect uh, to those that uh, may have lost family and loved ones during that time. We will take time to do what we would call, you know, our business that requires uh, just that, that sacred space Around Indigenous peoples having, uh, being able to, um, again, lead their day, start their day together, finish their day together, uh, with ceremony, um, and and together, and do business as we would as uh, in our family settings as we were on country. And
3: the final one that stood out to me was um, how how we communicate, and a lot of the time in. Uh, in our leadership courses, we will fall back on things like essay or reflective um, f- reflective writing or all the like. And so taking that to Katrina and saying, well, Katrina, this is how we usually do, do things. Does this make sense? And Katrina turning around and saying, well, you know, you should, you should know this, how, you know, for 60,000 years, um, Indigenous people have been here, how have we communicated uh, through story and through art. Yeah. So this idea of a written essay probably is not going to be the best format. So how do we shift the assignments to make Um, to make it make sense. And so um, we had incredibly powerful um, poster presentations on the final day where um, we these incredible pieces of artwork, absolutely incredible piece of artwork and people talking through their stories and delivering that. And so just shifting the way in which we do things um, uh, was incredibly, incredibly important and had such a massive, massive impact um, throughout the program. The program itself has been incredibly successful we had fifteen people go through it um, this year. Katrina's busy getting the next um, the next cohort. Sorry, we're not meant to use the word cohort. Uh, they didn't like that, so using mob. Um, we had uh, this mob came came through, uh, hoping for twenty to twenty five, um, and just those small um, those small mobs going through year by year by year as this program develops. And our hope is that um, as amazing as it is for myself, for um, Jonathan, for um, uh, Herman to be involved, our hope is in sort of two to three years time that um, we're able to build up more Indigenous educators, that it's, you know, we're able to, it, it is a completely Indigenous-led program and that's a really, you know, that's a really exciting thing.
1: Yeah, it, it is incredibly exciting. It sounds like a, a great partnership and and I love the um, the, the Indigenous Indigenous first principles um, with the leadership best practices almost complementing it. So it's like we know that these work in these spaces. How can we then, you know, start marrying these 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 two would have been very uh, remote or separate places? Um, was there any like new leadership content that you uncovered for this project? Um, for example, some of uh, Katrina, what you shared reminds me of mindful leadership practices. Um, you know, starting very intentionally and quiet and meditating and so like was there something that you hadn't heard either of you hadn't heard of and then you know once you were in this space really were moved by it
2: I guess initially there were a lot of things that where we were able to go okay let's have a look at this framework let's have a look at what we've used before and then Nathan and I would get into it and go and I'd go ah it just doesn't fit can we tweak it uh nope well let's just throw it out and just start from scratch which is what we did so many times um and there were lots of lots of moments like that where we were okay with going all right uh let's not try to rework this let's just Throw it out and let's do with what go with what we think. And so we would lean on again the experience of our elders and ancestors and what they've have done previously. The methods I think things around oral communication, uh, the things around honor and legacy. So legacy leadership became a big part, a major thread right through the unit, uh, knowing that um you know for the likes of myself and others we are continuing the legacy of our ancestors so it would be something that all of us as leaders need to focus on uh and you know being able to do, bringing elders into the room getting them to share about their parents and what they learned and how they've taken what their story and how they've crafted their own legacy and their leadership um there were definitely moments like that um Nathan can you think of um any any particular moment
3: uh so for me going back to lauren's i'm going to slightly take it in a different direction to as katrina going back to lauren's um sort of question uh so a lot of things and so like you talk about mindfulness um there's a lot of things that you go. Yes, I can see taking on leadership practices. Um, we know mindfulness is important. We know reflection is important. Okay, we see how these particularly work. We just need to change up what they what they look like. Um, I found actually diving quite deeply into the collective leadership um, literature, uh, and a lot of that actually starts from Indigenous thought, whether it's um, over in the US, whether um, different parts of Asia, and and, um, a lot here in um, Australia and uh, Aotearoa as well, New Zealand, um, and taking a lot of those messages because they don't fit into the frameworks of sort of shared distributed leadership that we're used to and trying to work out, okay, how do we fit that within our own sort of mental models and and teach that? And a big part then has been going, okay, we've gone and taught this within this particular unit. There's actually a fair bit of knowledge here that we should be teaching um, back in our classrooms, in our undergraduate and graduate classrooms. At times, as Australian leadership educators, we get a little bit too US-focused and you know we we like to head back to the president obama um examples we like to head back to the steve jobs example those sort of things just going well we have these incredible leaders um indigenous leaders within australia's incredible indigenous leadership thought here within australia why aren't we drawing on this why aren't we leading um from this and that's that has been a big a big push now for us to be um inserting that throughout our courses and you know, when people are coming to Australia, they're actually getting an Australian leadership development experience, as opposed to a US um, leadership development experience.
0: Yeah, got two two things I want to say about what y'all just shared. That that's so interesting. I love the intentionality behind what you shared, Katrina. And I wonder how challenging that must have been for for the curriculum design team to just like there are certainly learning activities or certain facilitation techniques or curriculum that folks just just You'll take it out of my cold dead hands that we're not going to do this unit or this session or or what have you. And for and for you to speak up and to say, no, if it's not working, no, we're not going to tweak it. Toss it out. It's rubbish. Um, and like I, I love that. Um, I don't know if I could be so bold, but but you've inspired me. And I'm gonna bring that to my next curriculum meeting with my department for sure. The uh <laughs> the other the other thing, Nathan, I, I really appreciate what, what you were saying because we were gonna we were gonna ask you all about this, thinking about because just there 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 is a I guess, a, a critical mass of, of, of scholarship about leadership education development that's very U.S., very Western-centric, for sure. And I, I'm curious, as you, as you mention that and as you, as you think about that, what are you both noticing in leadership education research and practice in the Australia region that you think either just that question by itself or perhaps that's distinct from what you see being going on in the U.S. or, or in the regions that the U.S. tends to have so much influence on in that space?
3: I'm happy to start here and I'll throw it to Katrina. Um, I, one, I would say that I didn't realise until 2017 when I met you, Dan, um, that leadership education was a, like a scholarship, was a thing. So I would say that there isn't as much within Australia. So people in this podcast would be aware of probably Brad Jackson's work. Um, uh, David Day spent a lot of time at the University of Western Australia. He's now back in Claremont. Um, And the one that you should uh, look out for is Toby Newstead, who I think is absolutely fantastic, and Helena Liu. Um, So all of them have spoken around leadership education and reshaping leadership education um, and the like. Um, But very rarely do I think that we take an Australian perspective to that um, a lot of that uh, has either come so Helena's work is brilliant and comes from being it's from being female comes from being from being Asian and so you, you see that within that particular piece of um, piece of work and you, see, you know see with um, Brad Jackson's is it's very critical um, as well but it wouldn't I wouldn't say that it's centred in, say, in Australian knowledge. Um, And so one of the things that we found actually quite difficult was finding that Australian leadership knowledge. And what we actually had to go to was people who were working in so so Indigenous elders who were working in sociology, like um, Auntie Mary Graham, uh, and be able to shift that work across to leadership and make that make sense. Um, And that was quite, uh, quite difficult there. Katrina, is there anything you wanted to jump on there?
2: Yeah, I guess that that was definitely one of the challenges when we were trying to find resources for our students that were relevant and, again, trying to give them a good balance um, where there was a combination of First Peoples, First Nations uh, academic material um, as well as other um, and I think in the end we found we struck a good balance but it was it was hard and it, it did really highlight to us the fact that we need to resource um, our library better and we need to eventually and hopefully what we're hoping is is that these people that are, that are graduating from this master's course are going to go do phds um, and they're going to be writing stuff for us material for the next you know the next groups that are are coming through. So then all of a sudden we're going to have, you know, the same, we're going to have a wealth of material to draw from.
1: Love hearing it. You shared so much information with us um, regarding, you know, just the leadership in your program and crafting it. Um, Can you tell us a little bit about maybe like the logistics of the program? So how many students, how many faculty, how many courses, just kind of going to give us the structure of, of what you're expecting.
2: Sure. We started with uh, 15 students, about 15 students uh, for an inaugural course. We're hoping to get 25, possibly 30 every year. Uh, it'll be offered every year. We're running face-to-face. Um, it is uh, run on campus in block mode. So, again, we, knew, we know it's important to bring Indigenous peoples together for their learning. It's a big part of um, our culture is being together as people. Um, So online wasn't an option until COVID uh, hit us, of course, and disrupted us. But we were still able to to be able to bring that connection even into that virtual space. Um, And it it is a two-year course. Uh, There's four core units. There's a good balance of business and leadership education across there. We're offering students an opportunity to complete two electives. They'll get um, a choice to do that in their second year. And then their capstone will be either a research project or a study tour. Uh, and we're hoping that will be, you know, in the States or uh, in New Zealand at some stage.
0: Thank you for sharing that. And we're definitely gonna put a link to the to the program and, and the show notes once once we put this, this episode up. Um, are, real quick are are you planning to write about this anywhere have you already published anything on on this program because folks need to know
3: uh, it, is, it is on our to do list we've we've taken notes we've we've taken notes we're we're working through we're working through it um, we're putting a lot of pressure on Katrina to start her phd uh, and this would be one of the articles from that so Great. yeah actually no yeah, don't put pressure on me put pressure on her <laughs>
2: Now I knew that was coming. I just knew it was coming. Yeah, so Nathan has been on my case from the day that he met me, that I should be doing a PhD. Um, so between him and Jacinta, uh, um, Professor Elston, then, yeah, there's definitely a chance that that's going to happen fairly fairly soon. And out of that, we're hoping to do that. And we want again, partner with other organisations uh, that, you know, and... Um, our allies within the corporate and indigenous sectors to be able to share this experience. It is a joint success. Would never have happened if we didn't come together. Um, I always say that the magic happens when we come to when we come together and work together. Alone, we can do brilliant things, but it's magic when we combine. and And this is what this course has been. This unit has been a, a great example of creating something that's new, unique, different, um, and has been a huge success with the students that it's like they're describing it as life-changing a life-changing week is what they're saying they had doing a leadership course and that is what we would hope for
1: how amazing you almost said no to teaching and missed out on on having such a meaningful impact on students like aren't we aren't they lucky aren't we lucky that, that you're out there doing this great work uh, so we, we ask you a ton of questions today. Is there anything else that maybe we didn't ask that y'all want to share with our audience?
3: I think I would just say is it is really, really tough to engage in these spaces. Um, and it's one of the things that Dan and I have uh, had quite a Shut up, but we've come to leadership education uh, at a time where leadership education is finally changing. And so, to have the conversations that we need to have with our students, um, Dan and I haven't had those experiences. Um, And so, a lot of that time is just getting in and doing the hard work it is reading, it is learning, it is watching the materials that have been um, developed, it is questioning them, it's questioning how we've done leadership education in the past. And not just, oh, well, we've always done it this way, but, well, why have we done it this way? Um, and how has that been disclusionary? Or how is that just um, focused on one particular group? Um, it is a it is a lot of work, but as leadership educators, that's, that's important because we can't continue to just educate one particular group of society. We actually need to. I've realised that my hand gestures aren't working for podcasts, um, uh, that we have to actually broaden our lens as leadership educators, and that's a, a, it is a challenge, but it's um, one that's been incredibly rewarding, and I know that my students in my other courses are getting so much out of it because I've you know gone and, gone and taken that journey.
2: I guess the only other thing that I would love to add, um, and it's a reflection, is that you know, having that growth mindset If we didn't have the Monash Business School and the William Cooper Institute again in partnership, believing that this could happen, happen a bunch of, you know, a really strong academic team coming in and being willing to uh, be to negotiate with, you know, somebody who's never, you know, had a role uh, in a university before Um, but I have a bunch of experience as an Indigenous leader and being able to say, okay, uh, how are we going to do this and not coming in with that fixed mindset. So I think that the culture within our our institutions that are teaching uh, leadership uh, to have that mindset, to be open and ready uh, to, you know, liaise and embrace Indigenous First Nations peoples and and their knowledge systems, to create courses not that are just great for Indigenous peoples, that are great for all of our students. You know, we be- we all benefit from it, not just Indigenous peoples.
0: Couldn't agree more. This was just a great conversation. Thank you, Nathan, Trina, so much for joining us today. We're So grateful for your time and and leadership and definitely want to wish you the best of luck on all the amazing work you're doing, whether it be in tandem or, or on your own. Thank you so much.
3: Thanks so much for having us, Dan and Lauren. Yeah, thank you. It was great to
2: meet you both. You're welcome.
1: Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Leadership Educator Podcast. Remember, you can download all our episodes on all available podcast platforms. And when you go, please make sure you rate us five stars, as the more you rate us, the easier it is for others to find us.
0: That's right, Lauren. We also invite you to interact with us on Twitter at Lead. Educator Pod, that's L-E-A-D-E-D-U-C-A-T-O-R-P-O-D, and on LinkedIn by searching for the Leadership Educator Podcast. You can also follow us on LinkedIn by name, and on Twitter, I'm at Dr. Underscore Leadership, and Lauren is at M-R-S-L-A-U-R-J-B, that's Miss Laura J-B.
1: We'd like to thank the James M. Cox, Jr. Institute for Journalism Innovation, Management, and Leadership within the Grady College of Journalism and Mass Communication at the University of Georgia. The support was facilitated by Dr. Keith Herndon, William S. Morris Chair in News Strategy and
0: Management. And a wonderful theme music was composed, performed, and mixed by Dr. Matthew White, trumpeter, composer, and associate professor and chair of jazz studies, now at the University of South Carolina. You can check him out at www.mattwhitejazz.com. Matt, thank you so much for sharing your musical genius with our listeners.
1: During the season, you will hear episodes featuring International Leadership Association members working globally to drive leadership education. Visit ilaglobalnetwork.org slash podcast for more information and to join the association.
0: And finally, this podcast would not be possible without our chief partner, the Association of Leadership Educators. Please check out the ALE and all it has to offer at leadershipeducators.org. We hope you will listen to our next episode wherever you get your podcasts.